0: The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. Uber Lube is my favorite personal lubricant, and not just because they paid me to talk about it. This silicone-based lube lasts long with a smooth sensation, and here's the best part. It doesn't leave a sticky, gobby mess when you're all finished. <laughs> Although you might. Uh, go to uberlube.com for more information and to buy a bottle today. That's Uber uberlube. U B E R L U B E dot com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the or Podcast. On this Memorial Day weekend, I want to give a shout-out to all of our brave military service people. Even the ones we unceremoniously tossed out. Uh, Hope the reality of how we treat trans people didn't fuck up your barbecue. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to The Man Whore Podcast. Alright. Yes, everybody. How you doing? Really, really brief uh, acknowledgement. Chicago. I am so sorry that I messed up a little bit in one of my emails, and on at least one of the podcasts, I mistakenly said that the show is on June 29th. The show is on June 28th, Friday, June 28th. That is when the Chicago show will be, so I am sorry for the confusion, and I hope you can still make it. Uh, This week on the show, we have got the hilarious stand-up comedian, and just, you know... He's just such a sweet boy. Chris Caligero, everybody. Oh gosh, this is such a good one. I uh, I've known Chris a long long time and this might be like our first legit longer than 5 minutes discussion. Uh and I was I was blown away. Super great guy, super funny and I cannot wait to share him with y'all in a bit. But first, get dates. them hot. Get them dates. <laughs> show dates. So, this Saturday in Oakland June 1st, I'm going to be doing a Manor Podcast live show with my little sister. That's going to be at the Octopus Literary Salon at 730 sharp. That's going to be a fun show. Then Chicago again, Friday, June 28th at North Bar in Wicker Park. uh, 9 p.m. We're going to be having a really fun stand-up live podcast hybrid show. We're We're going to pair up some comedians with their exes. It's gonna be a good time. You can get tickets to either of those at manhorpod.com slash tour. And if you're a Chicago person, use promo code BILLY for $5 off your ticket. As for stand-up, uh, I'm gonna be in Prestonburg, Kentucky on June 7th at the Jenny Wiley State Resort and in Brooklyn on June 14th at Friends and Lovers, which is a show run by Chris's fiance Emily Winter, who's also hilarious. So, Come on out to any of those shows. I uh, would love to see y'all there. But most importantly, I would love to see y'all August 2nd through August 4th, the most important show dates of them all, because that's ManhorCon, everybody. Oh, yeah. ManhorCon, presented by Motor Bunny, returns this August. Uh, and if you're new and you don't know what that is, ManhorCon is a kick ass, super fun fan-whore whore meetup weekend here in the Big Apple. We get sex positive listeners from all over the country and Canada who uh, just come. We coalesce uh, here in New York and we hang out. We go to shows. We uh, do some fun events. It's a great time to meet me. It's a great time to meet each other. And it's a great excuse to come visit New York City. So you're going to want to get your weekend pass today because the price goes up on Saturday. June 1st. So uh, if you still want to get an early bird discounted weekend pass go to manhorpod.com weekend. Last month I released a free bonus episode with the only and the wonderful Nina Hartley. And that came out exclusively on Patreon last month for free. Didn't have to give me a dollar to hear it. This week I have released another free bonus episode with my seventh grade crush. Yes. Yesterday, y'all got a little push notification with a little teaser of my conversation with photographer Yelena Alexich, founder of the Confetti Project. So you can hear that uh, for free if you go to patreon.com slash uh, Click on posts. Don't have to give me a dollar. You just got to make a really quick profile. It takes about 15 seconds. But I wanted to give Yelena uh, an opportunity to tell y'all a little bit more about The Confetti Project and what it was like to talk to a fella who wrote her poetry about 17 years ago. So here's me, Chit Chan, with Yelena Alexich.
1: Alexich. Yeah, okay. I still remember Alexich. Good, good.
0: Yeah. I remember having to, tr- like, remember, I was like, look, you can't have a crush on a girl where you can't pronounce her last name. So, like, <laughs> practice, Billy. I distinctly remember making sure I learned your last oh, name.
1: Oh, your effort is so sweet. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> most people that know me don't even know my last name, so. Oh,
0: gosh. Well... <laughs>
1: it's hard. It's like... Alec and then Sitch. Like, putting the two together is hard.
0: And then and then that's not even going to your first name where we got to get over this whole J thing. Yeah. I mean, there. when you know... People
1: are like, how do you spell it? And I'm like, that's even... Gonna, that's going to fuck you up even more. Yeah. I just like to say it's Yelena. Like, you're yelling. Yeah. Like, yell-ina. Yeah. And then people get
0: it. <laughs> well, know? I'm chatting right now with uh, Yelena Alec uh, who is my... One seven, of your
1: first crushes? Yeah,
0: <laughs> seventh grade, just ah, um, very distinctly, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, nervously dropped off a letter in your mailbox, and uh, oh boy, so
1: I'm gonna find it for you. We're gonna re-
0: revisit that. If you found that, that would be if so I prob- fucking. Cool. I
1: 98 probably have it. 95. I, I would
0: want to then do a, a shoot while I just read it out loud. <laughs> um, so so we just recorded a bonus episode on Patreon. It's a free one, everybody. All you got to do is go over there. It's free. You can check it out. Don't got to give me a dollar. You should, but you don't have to. Uh, we had a really fun conversation. And uh, how do you feel after that? We haven't seen each other in 16 years since eighth grade graduation. And, you know, this guy hits you up to say, I do some podcasts. Want to do the thing? I liked you when I was 12. Um, how, how do you feel?
1: I feel awesome. This has been great. This has been amazing. I'm so glad that I welcome this opportunity to just reconnect
0: i'm glad you did yeah, too and
1: within a space that you've created co-create together
0: what was the what was the reaction when i did reach out because again like 16 years we weren't even facebook friends until like so like yeah what is it like to even get that message
1: yeah it's cool it's like a blast from the past you know because we live so many different lives you know and i'm so far removed oh. from my middle school years and high school years even college so no i, I mean i thought it was great yeah. i thought it was really awesome and you were um I don't know. I think there's a kinship when it comes to artists, you know, and people doing things outside of the nine to five, yeah. you know? So, and, and then you were super per, like, uh, persistent, which is true to your character, consi- consistent with your character. Um, which was really nice just cause you caught me in like a really busy time, you know, and I don't really check Facebook a lot. So I really admired how, um, how you followed up. Ah. And I was like, I have to do this. This is going to be fun. It,
0: it, it was, uh, it's so interesting to talk to someone who you knew only in like, you know your adolescence, your puberty stage before and then, your
1: mind's like fully developed, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and even back then, it's not like we were close back then. Like I just basically admired you from afar in my you know whatever corner I was put yeah. in. Uh, but you know, wh- we so we talked about a lot. We talked about like grade school crushes and all that stuff. We talked about like your, I guess, voluntary celibacy mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, we talked a lot about creativity, porn. Porn, we did talk about the porns. Um, oh boy. Yeah. They even talk about like the, the erotica stuff. That was my entryway to porn as a kid it was just, I was really into reading like erotic stories.
1: Ooh, me too. Yeah.
0: Well, cause in, for me, it was easier to get away with. Yeah. Totally. Because if, yeah, your parent walks by, like they don't realize that that's what you're reading. Yeah. Uh, also when I went to porn school, I could like print them out and hide them under the mattress. And like, no one's the wiser type of thing. Wait, when you
1: say erotica, do you mean like pictures or do you mean like stories? No, the I mean story?
0: like li- stories, like yeah, literotica.com. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 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 Big fan. Uh, I'm surprised that site's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it's just such a w- weird, but like, I love weird. So a weird I thing to weird reconnect too. someone in, in, in that way. And I even, and I thought, i by the way, I thought about asking you on the show f- pretty much ever since I added you on Facebook, whenever the fuck that was a long time ago, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a year or two ago. Yeah. And, Because you do this thing, this beautiful, cool fucking thing called the Confetti Project that I saw at least one person I know do it, I think some others, and... I was just like, yeah, we gotta chat. And so so what is the confetti project? Because it's a lot it seems to be a lot about joy and celebration. It's all this yeah. beautiful stuff. And uh yeah, tell us about it. It
1: feels very fitting that we're in the actual studio, the home of the confetti project in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's I mean, in a general sense, it's a photography series that profiles amazing humans doused in pounds of confetti, um, you know, exploring what they celebrate in their lives at that moment, you know? So Again, it's like people come in here, the confetti seduces them. They're like, oh, this is going to be fun and Instagrammable and, you know, all of these things for whatever reason, maybe celebrating birthdays or getting through a hard time or whatever. Um, and I always ask everyone at this point, I've been doing this for four years, so I've probably and for my book, I've I've done research on this. I've done 280 something one-on-one sessions with people. So that's mm-hmm. two hours one-on-one. Um, and I've probably photographed over over 2,000, 3,000 people at this point um, with confetti. i them with confetti. And every single time I ask them, what do you celebrate in your life? You know, like really, like if you had to take a moment to pause and just check in with yourself and really have this moment of self-honesty and, you know, ask yourself the question of like, wait, like, where am I at right now? Like, right. what's important to me? What do I stand for? What, why do I get out of bed in the morning? You know, what inspires me? What motivates me? even when people know i'm gonna ask it i swear it's just mind-blowing because i tell people i'm like we will explore this before you come like think about it it still stops people in their tracks like we're so used to the go 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 next 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 future 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 goals 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 kind of mentality Mm -hmm. um especially in a place like new york that like it's not very common to just stop and like pause a little bit you know and then play you know so mixed with that question and then three to four pounds of confetti, um, this transformation happens, you know, where, you know, most people throw it and then they're so magnetized by the hundreds of people, uh, pieces of paper that are flying that they keep their mouth open and like every single person gets confetti in their mouth, like at one point or another. Um, but it's really cool for me, like, you know, having a psychology background to see this transformation happen with each person, you know, so there've been certain, um, again, like when you think of confetti, it's seen as this like really, you know sparkly fun like joyful kind of thing and of course it is you know it's become this medium for expression but you know there have been people when i asked them what do you celebrate that have been like you know my mom just beat cancer you know and she was like crying and then someone that's like i've been diagnosed with gen- general anxiety disorder and then we put on some missy Elliott, and she started like blacking out dancing and eight pounds of confetti as like a queue of girls are waiting against the wall like cheering her on you know um just recently i just did a mental health campaign and it's you know talking about these stories of people that have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, had cancer, Marfan syndrome, and, you know, eating disorders that they've kept secret and how that's impacted their mental health, you know. So, um, you know, and even for me personally, you know, I've, I've, I'm writing the story of cancer and confetti. And so, the first year that I started it, it was in my room in Brooklyn. So again, like you see, most of these photos, that was my bed. That was my wooden floor. There was no separation between me and the confetti for one year. Um, I probably doused a 100 people in confetti that year um, while my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So I was either like doing that. Is or- that
0: why you started it or just happened to overlap? It,
1: um, I started it six months before he was diagnosed. Gotcha. So um, now in hindsight, it was this beautiful thing that happened like simultaneously because like if you're dousing people with confetti and like cultivate cultivating this like daily celebration, celebration really means like gratitude and having that awareness and that acknowledgement. And so the fact that I was doing that on like the sidelines and then going home and helping my dad like fight for his life, you would think those things are like really opposite, right? Like two completely different dimensions, but being in both of them, like I was smack in the middle, looking at the silver lining of everything of like, you know, we would all love for our pain and our pleasure to be in separate boxes, you know, like we would love for them to be compartmentalized, but they're always going to be intertwined, you know, all the time. Um, And so it's really interesting to see that within the project of how like all we're all we're given are moments in our life, you know, and so like none of us are getting out of this alive, you know? Um, And you don't get to choose what wakes you up. For me, it was, for me, it was watching my dad die Um, and him, him ultimately passing. And so like, you have to celebrate every single moment. Like, even if it's filled with like discomfort, pain, adversity, whatever, like we're only given a certain amount of moments. So that's really my overall mission with this. You know, it's like, I photographed thousands of people and I'd love to think when none of us are here anymore that like you know the next generations to come if the earth is still standing um Big F. that yeah <laughs> that they'll look at these photo these these photos and these stories and be like oh wow like this is what it was like to be a human at this point you yeah. could you know you could relate to every single story you know because we all feel the same things in in different ways at different times you know so that's really my overall goal for this
0: though if this is what people in the future judge humanity on they'd be like it'd be a little over exaggeration on the they'll be like wow they were really in the confetti like just humanity had confetti all over the place um
1: i don't know i don't know if confetti will ever get out of style like it's been around since like you know way back when in different forms you know usually at weddings you know with Mm -hmm. flowers or all of that but um but yeah no i've definitely capitalized on creating a world filled with a lot of confetti for sure i mean there's probably 50 pounds behind you so maybe more
0: well of course i have to ask what do you celebrate
1: yeah that's a great question anytime someone brings this back on me i'm like um, honestly, right now I'm going through a little bit of a hard time. Um, it's happened many times within the artist journey where I'm like questioning what I'm doing, you know, cause it's like, it's weird. It's like I'm impacting lives and people from all over the world are coming to like experience this or whatever. And it's such a blessing. But then, you know, on paper, it's like, Oh wow, I only have a few thousand dollars to my name or, you know, this. And, and it's hard. You wear a lot of hats, you know, and it's like, being able to finance this and keep it alive is like a big part of it, you know, but at the expense of not letting it like taint my artistic Mm -hmm. cap, you know, and integrity. Um, and so I'm, I'm getting to this point of like, should I keep going with this? Like, should I, I'm like really questioning. And so I know I will, because I don't have a choice in the matter anymore. This is bigger than myself. And it really is this like therapy of, of being this fatherless 20 something year old, you know, um, within my grief journey. Um, so I celebrate, yeah, I celebrate trusting myself. You know, I think my word this year is faith. And so our bodies and ourselves, like we does, it does so much to keep us alive and survive. Like even in those moments where you feel like you're in the red, you Mm -hmm. know, and you're like, holy fuck, like I'm going to lose everything or whatever, or it's going to die or blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't, you know? And so I'm trying to like lean more into that.
0: That's beautiful. So, well, wh- yeah. Where can people find The Confetti Project and, and find more of you?
1: Yeah, so there's the website, theconfettiproject.com. You can find it on Instagram uh, with underscores between each word. We do open studios twice a month in New York. Um, so there's plenty of opportunities to come and participate in like a mini confetti session.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Yana, thanks so much for chatting with me. And, thanks, uh, Billy. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody?
1: Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: If you want to hear my full conversation with Yelena, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. If you click the follow button, it's going to ask you to make a profile. You don't have to put a credit card down. It takes about 15 seconds, and you will be emailed every month when I release the free bonus episode. Last month, it was Nina Hartley. This month, it was my seventh grade crush. Who knows who will be next month? So again, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Click the follow button. Enjoy these free bonus episodes. They're really, really uh, great stuff. They're just gonna only live on Patreon. Again, that's Patreon P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash man whore podcast. You know what next week is, right? It's okay that you don't. It's fine. I don't remember birthdays either. I do remember mine, June 5th. Yes, uh, this oh this slutty podcaster turns the big 3-0 30. Oh yeah that's happening <laughs> that's happening next week so when you hear from me next i will be um will be older <laughs> i mean you always hear from me when i'm older that's how time works but i will have uh i will be in a new decade of my life i don't want to troll for presents but some of you do tend to ask me for my address around this time of the year if you just go to manorpodcom thank you that will bring you to my amazon wishlist and but if you want to give me a true gift, uh, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't cost you a dollar. All you got to do is just tell two friends to tell two friends about the Manhor podcast. That's all I would love, um, truly, is, is you helping me grow this show and make an, a concerted effort, specifically on Wednesday, to post on social media to tell two friends who you haven't told before that they should listen to the Manhor podcast. And tell those two friends to tell two friends themselves. Because by doing that, hey, we make this show blow the fuck up. And when the show blows up, Billy's a happy boy. So, we'll talk more about 30 next week, maybe. Now let's do the fan whore appreciation moment. Oh, yeah. This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank a few of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Y'all are the ones who uh, keep a roof over my head. Lights on in my apartment and uh, food in my belly. Is the reason why uh, this show is able to continue going on over five years later. Uh, so thank you very much for that. I want to give a shout out to Alex Andrews. Does that name sound familiar? Yes, it does. She was a phenomenal guest on this show back in April. Oh, yeah. From Swap Behind Bars, the sex worker outreach project. Go check out Swap. Go check out Alex Andrews. They're doing great work. Thank you so much to YO Lee, who is a uh, a sex podcaster herself. I did her show, Sex Stories. We had a fun little chat in my apartment uh, for her show. Go check that out. Thanks YO for also supporting, and uh, a shout out to Samuel Jane. I look forward to seeing you this weekend at the uh, Oakland show. It's going to be great to meet you finally. Uh, thanks for being a member, and you too can support the man whore podcast and join our wonderful sex positive discussion groups when you go to patreon.com slash man whore podcast membership begins at just two dollars a month and you get access to bonus episodes discussion groups and oh so much more again become a member today go to patreon.com slash man whore podcast once more that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash man podcast And now for Chris Calagero, our guest this week. Look, see, I am flying through all these points. Okay. Chris Calagero, super funny stand-up comedian, um, perpetual good guy, um, fellow Jersey boy. And he and I had a really uh, fun conversation. You know, some of the feedback I get at times is that I'll get women who love the conversations I have with other straight men because they enjoy hearing how one how just dudes talk to each other which i don't think i'm a great example of because like i don't talk to dudes the way dudes talk to dudes i think but also to know that there are other dudes out there who aren't pieces of shit that they encounter on tinder on a daily basis so uh it was great talking to chris he's super funny you should be following him on all the social media i love him on twitter here's my conversation with chris caligero As we age, our bodies are changing. Certain parts need more support than they used to. Other areas are getting a little sore faster. And that's why it's important to make sex more comfortable. And that's where Liberator comes in. Liberator has been making fuck furniture to make sex more comfortable, more pleasurable, and last longer for decades. Their best-selling wedge-ramp combo gets you in the right positions just a little easier just a little bit more comfortable, which means you're ready to be in that position longer and harder. Uh, uh, uh. And you can get 40% off Liberator's Wedge Ramp Combo when you use promo code manhor at liberator.com. Or you can click the link at the top of the notes to go right to the product. Again, 40% off their best-selling Wedge Ramp Combo with promo code manhor. Or you can just browse around liberator.com and upgrade your sex life today. Does
1: Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure that's microsoft copilot learn more at microsoft.com slash ai for all
2: that's what mine is and um with grief i'm just like don't you don't have to punch up your sad stories
0: do you do a podcast yeah i
2: called i do one about grief morning loss, and death okay i'm like people are like sexy topics yeah i know exactly (laughs) people get like that same way they're like "Uh," i'm like okay it's under like it's under like mental health (laughs)
0: and like don't worry about it (laughs) yeah no i do find wait so um i i I like that you're like well dude i'm intrigued by you and i'm, like, I'm intrigued by you yeah, I'm yeah. like why have we not been best friends forever no. uh no it's just so like you i i was are we going uh yeah okay yeah, cool. i do that dumb thing you did the I thing fade, I fade right. in and apart. okay mark Marin. Yeah. here we go <laughs> i like to think of more of myself as pete holmes doing mark Marin. <laughs> not personally. that's nice that's yeah. that's a
2: inception podcast inception yeah. i like it
0: cool well i you know i think of you as like so you're not the type of guy who's like posting all the time with the social justice type of messages until like something comes up that's relevant for you. I, f- right. I find you to be like the woke bro for the guy in Ohio. Oh, interesting! Like, like we could take you to Toledo, and you could translate yeah. for us. Yeah, like,
2: <laughs> I like that. Like a <laughs> like
0: a like a medium
2: uh, or me, uh, a mediator in between, like New York people in Ohio in the Midwest or something. Yeah, They'd, yeah.
0: they'd be like, Ah, oh, he looks and sounds like us, so I don't know. Maybe this thing isn't dumb, I'll listen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but if I showed up, they'd be like, Oh, these fucking East Coast liberals trying to tell me how to right. think about the queers. So Get out of here! <laughs> yeah,
2: um, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I, I mean, I i try to post when it's important because it because it is important um but i also don't want to like make it seem as if i'm being performative a mm. lot of the times you know and i don't know what the i don't know what the line is on that because i know people will take issue with like we get like white knighting and all that uh-huh. shit but uh but i i don't know if like an issue strikes me and i can say
0: something about it i'll, I'll say something about it you know yeah no i think that's great and always it's just uh you know, because when I do, I feel like some people just bash over the head with right, it. Right, right. And this is the other thing I do. It's for me personally. Like I don't typically call myself like a feminist, partially just because of the baggage. I'm like, I'm just gonna do it, and yes. not like go about selling. Hey, don't forget, I am. Like I don't call myself an ally, but if someone calls me one, I'm like, well, then I guess I must have done something right.
2: Right. That's. I think that's a good attitude. I think. I think for a minute there, I I I. I probably did and i wanted to call myself a feminist because i i believe in those things and i don't begrudge
0: by the way anyone who does no 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 that's just my strategy but
2: you know but you hit a you hit a point where male feminist is a type now like that's in a, like he's in sketch shows you know like he's in he's in comedy like he's in memes right that is the thing it's a very specific kind of thing and and so then i was like okay we got to be careful like i don't want to do that. I don't want to like co-opt a word that's not my word or anything like that. So yeah, you just you just do the things, you know, it's like holding the door, and if somebody doesn't say thank you, you don't go, you know, post a rant about it. You just go, oh, I held the door. Or Maybe they don't just, you know. Yeah, but you Oops, know that's bad. the thing I was like, <laughs> but like you just do it because you do it because the act of doing it is the reward in of itself. Right? It's just like the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. Whereas people who are like, I'm an ally, I'm woke, I'm a feminist. You just like, you start to veer into that thing where you're like, man, what are you just doing this because you're scoring internet points? Like, yeah. what is this thing? And so, yeah, if somebody calls, if somebody's like, thanks for doing that. Thanks for being this. You're just, thank you. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's the least I can do. I'm, I am a straight white man. So I just am happy that Anybody's talking to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just happy I didn't fuck up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I
0: like the you know, I, like I like to say like I get accused of feminism quite regularly. Yeah. And like that's the way I prefer to <laughs> That's it. cool. I like that. Yeah. It keeps me slightly separate.
2: But my my fiance, Emily Winter, has a, a joke about about the time that I told her to relax, um, when we were on our third date, which I don't remember, but um but happened obviously. And in the joke, she's like, My my boyfriend's a feminist and I, I'm like, Cool, like Somebody else saying it yeah. is, like fu- is like fine, but if I'm on stage, into a microphone, like, I'm a feminist, like, alarm bells start going mm-hmm. off, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think even in the dating world, like, women are, are like, on the lookout for the, the male, fa- and that's, I have, I have this weird thing, because, like, um, I've been accused of using feminism to get laid. Right, And with another reason why I'm like, then maybe I just don't want to call myself that, whatever. But I also think like, well, if only. Right. Because wouldn't that be a great world if dudes were like, you know, faking it till they make it with feminisms like that? Yeah, that probably would improve a few things. But I think some are just doing it for so nefariously that uh, like women are on the lookout. They almost like don't want to go on the date. With the guy who says he's a feminist right because they're like ah, oh, he might just be using it to fuck me and secretly he's a red pillar or
2: something. right right no i think that that's totally true um it's so but it also speaks to how poorly men act in the world that even like if you sniff somebody's like over acting on the side of good you're even like you're even then kind of wary of it you know what i mean like, and if
0: you, but if you don't do it enough, then you're also a piece of shit.
2: Right. Right. I mean, I think it's, and it's fair because like, you look, what I'm trying
0: to say is it's so hard to be
2: us. <laughs> exactly. so I know it's so funny. It's like so like close to finding that medium, but it is just like, Hey, we fucked up the world enough that, uh, now we have to find the middle ground. We have to yeah. find the right place to be. And, uh, and it's not anything we should complain about because all we have to do is look at the entire history of the human race. Yeah. It's you like know?
0: are we being treated now the way like we treated everyone else? Ah oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. Cuz I read the books and if we didn't we did real bad.
2: Even <laughs> in the slightest I mean we're we're getting like the slightest, slightest. Even if we got two percent of, of what it.
0: we dealt. Oh, is it gonna suck? <laughs> right.
2: I mean, you. I mean, I know you're you're doing the artist way right now, but mm-hmm. you're pretty active on Twitter, right? Yeah. Um.
0: That's the thing with artist way, though. I can we can output. We just can't. So I can't. can't scroll. scroll. Oh yeah, I can still post. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. <laughs> I'd quit the book if it's I can't post <laughs> for a week.
2: But I I have recently like gained a bunch of followers from putting out like a ton of videos oh, yeah. and um. Very fun thank you uh but i got i have a few i have a very few reply guys in my in my twitter which is like guys who reply to everything and tag your jokes and stuff okay. and they're fine because a i'm a man i don't have to worry about dms coming in like i want to f- wear your skin but even the slight even that even what i have and even the dms that i do get from a couple of these people i'm like this is like one-tenth of one-tenth of like what any woman online gets yeah. and i can't even imagine
0: it ratcheting up a little bit oh it is rough man uh this is a good time to say though that i'm out here with fellow comedian and it's caligero right caligero yeah okay cool i was so nervous i was like i've known him for how long and i can't we've maybe known each other
2: for a while
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 uh chris caligero a uh, very funny stand-up oh, thank be you very much out. engaged to an also hilarious stand-up yeah she's wonderful. i am Jealous of you both just being in the world. I like, <laughs> fuck both of you. Uh, thank for, you for, for being so I good. Take it as a compliment. Yeah, Former yeah, volleyball for sure. teammates? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Uh, volleyball. Those are good times. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. No, man. Thanks this is great. For I'm already having blessed. Well, <laughs> well where, where's your background with all this come from? Because again, like, you, you know picture wise you don't look like the guy who just walked out of a liberal arts college with like a feminism degree or anything yeah like, i know where, i know where, I, where do you come from again are like you Jer- jersey i'm from jersey no okay, where
2: in jersey uh, i was born in jersey city and then Bur- bergen county oh bergen county yeah. okay yeah so i, I kind of moved around you i like yeah. was born in jersey city and then my parents moved us to morris county okay. so i kind of like hop skipped and jumped around you um yeah and then i lived in hoboken for a little while and i graduated college and now i live in brooklyn
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, so wh- wh- have you always like felt this way? Well,
2: I grew up in a house that was liberal um like, you know, kind of like democratic, center liberal-ish. Mm. Um but on the outside of my nuclear family, everybody is like right wing conservative, conservative, conservative yeah. republican like a little xenophobic they also little Jersey little people they're maybe, all, maybe
0: south central Jer- south and North central. Jersey north oh, yeah, yeah 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 like the italians and close to new york city and sopranos territory yeah. which w- yeah they're like probably like my extent family where they're they're conservative but mostly for their taxes
2: a lot for their taxes yeah. but all, there's like some and they're playfully racist
0: and yeah exactly there's
2: like <laughs> this xenophobia and racism that kind of permeates even though mm-hmm. like my dad is, like, a first-generation American. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there was that, and it was, like, it was like having this little enclave in the middle of it was, like, so helpful to me growing up because I saw the right things to do and say in the world. And my parents are both, like, very, uh, uh, like, honorable and wonderful and progressive people. Um, but with feminism and things, like, where my attitude was, I think I always erred on the side of right but i probably was a shit when i was younger Mm -hmm. i never was one of those dudes who's like what do why do women need rights or anything like that but i think in like the way that i approached like trying to date was um i was very like sad and anxious and um then i i lonely and i believed in like like big gestures and like Trying to like win a girl over with just like go. Did you go, write go, poems? Go. Oh yeah, yeah. I wrote a lot of poems. I wrote a letter to a girl in high school that we were buddies and i wrote her like this big long like love letter and like gave it to her and like she was like no thank you and i thought that that's what like
0: nicely no thank you like oh my god this was so sweet but not a chance yeah yeah nicely no thank you this is why i i sensed that there was like a kinship there where i was like i think he maybe had a similar because that was all that was me all the time every poem was like this is beautiful i feel so special but like i wish a better looking guy gave this (laughs) to me
2: yeah 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 um but there's also like that that's kind of stink of desperation that's like instead of just coming and talking to me and being a normal human you made a big weird deal of it and that's what happens in movies that's not real life you know Mm. you just gotta go and be a person at a person um and i didn't learn that till like late in life and uh, i was very desperate to like meet people um but i i think Um, Being in comedy and, like, seeing so many wonderful female comedians and their perspectives and, like, taking that in and not disregarding it like a lot of young male comics do and just letting it influence not only my comedy but my point of view helped, like, start to really set the mold on, like, where my thoughts were laying. And even now, still, like, letting those points of view in and, like, realizing that I take for granted walking home late at night in Brooklyn, Mm. And just being able to like walk home. And of course, I could get mugged, but I don't have to fear everybody who comes around a corner or a guy who just happens to be going the same way as me. And then, like, having that moment of like, f- like who is this person? Right. You know, then and in- reading those stories um, and like not commenting on them and not being like the guy who's like, well, here's what you should do is like, you just fucking let them, in, let, them, let them change your point of view and let them in, you know?
0: Or at least let them feel. Like, let them... Yeah, they want to share that story, let them share that story.
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> the other side when you're talking about your own personal experience is, uh, somebody who's like, Well, I know ex-person and this thing's never happened to them and you're like well that doesn't matter like that's also they it
0: probably it may it may have and right they just didn't feel safe to tell you because you're the guy who always is right pushing back yeah why this.
2: would they confide in you you like you're a contrarian by nature and nobody cares
0: yeah like statistically you know people have been sexually assaulted but if you're like what no one's ever told me they've been raped I, there might be a reason yeah exactly why they don't tell you it's also like
2: it's not their prerogative to tell everybody that they ever fucking meet. Yeah. Um. But it's like the dad who's like who finds out that the guy he's been going to get his hair cut at is gay, and he just like had no idea. He's like, I don't know any gay people, and you're like, you know Jerry, and then you also know like Phil, like. You didn't know these guys are gay because they're just people, and that should like give yeah. you comfort in your homophobic way, you know?
0: Yeah, and yes, it's okay if you enjoy when he runs his hands through <laughs> your hair during the haircut. It's great. It's fine. You're a human uh, being. It's okay. You love contact. <laughs> yeah, you love to feel. So, so you were a big grand gestures guy, like in like high school when it came to women. And yeah. where was your turn? Like, what was? Did you date in high school? Were you like, was were women an option? Because. Not re
2: I didn't really I was um. I was really 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 self-conscious and really really like self-loathsome mm-hmm. in high school. Um. I had no self-esteem and I moved around a couple times Stop stealing from my diary <laughs> stuff. Stop- I moved around <laughs> in in fifth grade. Uh. I moved and met all these new friends and then my parents forced me to go to a different high school where I had to make new friends again and I really just like kind of shut down mm-hmm. and then I went back to my old friends that high school and I kind of started opening up and then those years just kind of fly by and i had like a lot of weight issues um and it just made me like just like close like close up and not be able to like bigger than you are now yeah 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 um and also like had tons of acne i took accutane um for my acne and i just was like like walking around was just like excruciating you know yeah um so no i didn't really i wanted i just i wanted to and i watched a ton of movies and i i think i thought Oh, that's the way you do that, is you, you know, you care about stereo. You stand outside somebody's window. I mean, and then, and then we learn. Oh, that's that's weird and scary. It's stalker behavior. <laughs> Everything in movies is is like not a guideline for how you should be in a relationship. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <And> <laughs> no one ever tells us that. When I know,
2: we're kids. I know. It's like so dangerous. All those movies should
0: be rated R. You should never let a kid see those movies. <laughs> yeah, man. So then, what was your turning point? Because I I interpret you, yeah, like the, just for the time I've known you is not only just very funny, but like confident and then like i you know you dated emily it was yeah. like oh wow he got his dan emily look at this guy he's got, <laughs> he woke moves as he got uh, like, she's the best, how do you you know like how did you go from this no self-esteem to who you are today
2: i i mean i suffered through it i because even in, co- in college i was just was just drinking i barely like college was just party 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 mm. um without dealing with the the issues at the core mm. um and I then I got huge. Like I I I I pro, like in college I probably weighed like seventy to eighty pounds more than I weigh right now. Uh, so like huge and de- in denial about it. Um, and in that way, your friends let you be in denial about being overweight, where they all kind of be like, "Nah, you're fine. Yeah, you're not as big as that guy." You know, they do that comparison thing, which happens and sucks. Um, and I did that, and I was. Then I had no direction when I left college. So again, these are just like things like you're not feeling good about yourself. You have no direction. Like confidence can't enter into those equations. Those things block the idea of even having confidence. So honestly, like when I started getting it was like when I started doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And I was twenty five when I started doing comedy. Um How you now? I'm thirty six. Okay. Uh, but if you're industry, I'm 29 forever. And
0: he can also play college.
2: <laughs> I can play, I can play, I can play like seventh year college student. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: can, I can play a grad student. Uh, yeah. Definitely. For sure. Please, <laughs> please.
2: Uh, yeah. So when I started doing comedy and realizing that was the first thing I did in my life where I was, I felt like I could feel myself wanting to keep doing it and I could feel myself getting better at it and nothing else I had done in my life gave me that feeling. Mm. Um, I was a... I was a fine student, but as I made friends and got more comfortable, like having a few friends, my grades would go down because I cared just about trying to get social because I was so desperate for a social group. Uh, But comedy, I was like, oh, I I can do this. I have this, Mm -hmm. and and then I started just growing up out of my mid twenties, which is super helpful. Um, And then I sort of started having a sunnier outlook on life and looking for positive things in the world and comedy in my life and being optimistic and not denying the world has its perils and downs and watching the news can be heartbreaking and shitty constantly but also being very careful to not be that bitter comedian sitting at the bar going why not me you know and that that is like poison yeah uh yeah there's also
0: guys who do that with women not in comedy yeah. oh, but yes. be, they're the guy just being like well why can't i get the girls like because you're doing this because you're that
2: i mean it's so like people can smell that stink on you mm-hmm. the like that that bitter gross like why not me and it's like you have any concept of how relationships work it's like when people are like i can't believe that guy gets that girl i'm like that's just that's how the world or vice like that's how it works
0: it's mysterious but it's also not mysterious and part of it seems to be like an entitlement to like well i should have like everyone gets this thing when do i get mine because i'm obviously supposed to have one right the entitlement
2: of it like to just have something because you exist in the world is such a bad bad bit of mojo yeah uh in comedy and relationships
0: yeah wait so when did you like lose your virginity like when did like when did you at least start interacting with women i mean i was i was like i was like the buddy yeah you know yeah
2: i was like the friend and i was a confidant and like that that thing where you know you're the friend and then you watch a woman like Hook up with somebody else, you know, and hook up with someone worse. <laughs> We're like,
0: you're hooking up with a total piece of shit. And I'm such a good guy. I
2: I know, I didn't, yeah. and that that's a fine line. I could have like fallen on the other side of that toxic kind of thing. I didn't lose my virginity till I was till I was out of college. Till mm. I was 22, um and I could have very easily. Those years are so horny and desperate, mm-hmm. and I could have I could see myself now in hindsight falling on the line of the guy who's like, I can't believe she dates assholes all she does is date assholes and i'm here i'm the nice guy i'm the nice guy why do you wear so much makeup i'm there you know <laughs> like those do, i could see that happening mm-hmm. but um i feel very lucky that i didn't fall down that path it was right there yeah that, so
0: many of us are on that. i i certainly have been on that path we run those guys every day yeah uh and they just they get onto the wrong subreddit and they're lost but then they, but they're lost. But then they find those other lost people, right? And they're all like
2: in each other's ear, like, "Well, we're lost." But we, well, I mean,
0: they get to Redpool, and then like they are lost to us, uh, to like, us, you know, like, right? We, we lost, we lost them when we could have, you know, they were either way, and they, we could have pulled them over, and we didn't. Know. So then we negate their experience, or we just tried to call them bad dudes, or be like, "Well, you're a straight guy, so you're a piece of shit, probably." It's yeah. Like, Ah, like that's how we make enemies and we're trying to
2: No, I, I think that there is there is this thing happening with with uh, straight guys that um is heartbreaking watching them uh grow up and in, in watch their entitlement overwhelm their personality, mm. you know, and and then they get lost at sea and and they're I'm not saying that like it's easy to try and talk to them or persuade them otherwise, but once somebody finds them and starts going, yeah, you know, you do deserve more. I felt the same way, and now here are all these ideas. And then, being part of a community is like what—that's like one of the innate instincts of the human experience, right? That's it's why what we some want of these
0: subs are so attractive. That's to what people. I mean. Other people, who, you know, didn't I have mean,
2: I mean, it sounds—it sounds like not like a real comparison, but I mean, that's how terrorists join groups it's like disaffected youth mm-hmm. and if somebody offers them hope and a mission and an ideal and tells them that they have a place with them i mean that's all they want
0: yeah we accept you for who you yeah, are yeah of course you know, it's, yeah it's all that stuff. even
2: if it's disingenuous like you want to hear it yeah of course you do
0: yeah i was a, uh, I was also like the buddy type like pretty much Grade school on until I got like you had like a lot of female friends. Oh, I had exclusively because guys, I mean, I got bullied by basically everyone Mm -hmm. like in grade school. I went to a K through eight school where like we had the same hundred kids in every grade, give or take a few. And lit and I, you know, I don't exaggerate like literally everyone took a chance to shit on me, yeah, nine years. And the ones who did it the least often were the girls, right? And then in high school, and I didn't really even have them as friends. But then when I got to high school, I just kind of gravitated to the chicks because it was like, oh, y'all are, y'all are nicer. Yeah, for me. sure. So so I had a lot of these friends. And then I was also, again, the crushes and the poems and all that.
2: Did you have any, like, like
0: best friend
2: go hang out, watch TV?
0: A little bit. I went to born school in high school. So okay. I, I had some of that. It's like, yeah, no, we go hang out the whatever. Um, I, especially junior and senior year. Because I think the first couple of years, I was like this young kid who got bullied a lot even at the at the high school and so they'd be like oh well i you know some seniors and junior chicks were like almost watching over me oh, they were yeah. kind of playing Big that's sister. Sweet. yeah yeah and then junior senior year i started having like actual friendships yeah yeah um, but again primarily with with women and all even in college at college i was able to interact with girls i found confidence and love self-love and such but um i still primarily hang out hung out with women i still today if you're not a comic you're you know and you're my friend you're probably a woman
2: yeah i uh i had two like solid guy friends mm. in throughout high school which um so i i wasn't like bullied i was like a floater you mm-hmm. know i could like kind of exist in any in like a lot of different groups but not be invited to their parties you know okay um but i had two buddies who like I, it was just like we watched horror movies we a mm-hmm. rudos together like that was like um i had them i was kind of an anchor you know yeah uh but i have like a lot of female friends i think when when emily started dating like i it was i think it was kind of an interesting thing she, she mentioned to me like i run a show with courtney mcginnis and it was like that's one of my best friends um and but emily like right away was like that's not a threat he's just that's his buddy and i felt good projecting that into the world mm-hmm. where it's not like i have a friend i run a show with who's like one of my one of my closest Friends, and anybody, nobody thinks that I'm like pining away for her. Sure, you know, yeah. um Which I think some guys do do that.
0: Yeah. Well, in your in your twenties, like, how did you start getting like what like as you got the confidence with doing stand up? Yeah. You know, do you find yourself interacting with women more? Like, you lost a bunch of weight. Like, yeah. Wh- where's the point where you're like, or I don't know, maybe you never were the type to just go hit on chicks, but like, when did when were women like a reality in your life? Oh, for- probably like 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 through.
2: Like moving out of my parents' place mm. and then moving to Hoboken, and when I was like twenty five, uh, then it was like okay, I'm alone here. Like then I could go. I went on some, going on dates and talking to women, and then um, I started a relationship with a girl I worked with at a coffee shop, and then uh, that exploded, and it was very not a good relationship. Why did it explode? She was she was young and. Uh she also had a boyfriend. So oh, <laughs> not the best. Not that
0: all. Not the
2: best. That old chestnut,
0: right? That old blow things.
2: So up. but but the, the the thing in me was still sort of so that other side of me was still kind of hanging around mm. uh where I was like I'm going to win her. I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to do the things. It's,
0: it's save her from the shitty boyfriend. I've decided he right. is. Yeah.
2: Uh but what I found out is generally what happens and I've seen this happen in a few instances when people are in these kind of triangles is that the person at the center of it when when they figure out this is all bad and toxic and no good they wipe away everything and then they start they start afresh with somebody new you know um and that's what happened she just was like nope nope boom like let's fucking kick this this whole scenario down the drain and she just like started dating like one other guy Mm -hmm. and so that exploded but again i took the right lessons from it i was like now i look back and i'm embarrassed by my behavior um and i see it happening with other guys in the way they approach relationships sometimes where they think they can just hold a relationship together if they just try hard if they just do the thing Um, i'm gonna no she's gonna see i'm gonna fight like when you watch the bachelor you can see like those guys act that way like
0: want like Jared so- Fried, I don't watch The Bachelor, man. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but that guys act that way that if they think if they show that they're fighting for somebody, this unknowable fighting for somebody, that they'll see it and they'll respect it, and everything will fall into place. But it's that's not a reality. Fighting for somebody is not. There's, I don't think it's like fighting for somebody so much as it's you put work into a relationship is really what it is, yeah. which is that. Every you, you're all going to have the things that you need to work out and it's not that you're fighting for somebody and like running to their door in the middle of the night in the rain <laughs> or something it's more like these are my feelings right now and I'm not going to hide them and let them explode into toxic behavior like we're going to talk about it and it's going to fucking suck mm-hmm. and we're going to have this conversation and we're not going to go to bed angry and this is what we have to do and god damn it I fucking hate doing that <laughs> but like it, it has helped my relationship immeasurably to just when i when one of us has a feeling to like bring it up,
0: and so you and Emily do that, you'll you'll, feel, you'll go into those. We do,
2: yeah. Like we've we you know we have our we have our fights, we have our couple of fights, um, and we work shit out. And we I feel really proud of the way that we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate fighting, I hate it so much, but I definitely try to do that thing where we I don't want anything to linger. And then we're having dinner one night and one of us like, you know, flips a plate over because we were like, you know, we're like storing, you know, you're storing up that thing. And then when it doesn't come out, something then gets stored on top of it. And then mm-hmm. you're stacking issues up and they're all going to come out at some point, you know?
0: Yeah. What's what's y'all's like, I mean, do y'all have like a, a, a spoken of method for handling these fights or is it kind of just an unspoken way that you guys tend to like, is there a methodology in a way of how when something arises, you kind of deal with it? I don't know. if There's a methodology, so much as it's like a philosophy. Mm-hmm.
2: It's like, it's like we're, we're, we're gonna do it. We're gonna have the the thing. We're gonna have the talk. And if one of us has something on our mind that's been eating at us, or is like annoyed at this one thing, or whatever, you better bring it up. Cause like we're also, I feel like, we we have like that. I can't hide. I don't. We have no poker faces. Yeah. So it's like okay what what is it like what's the thing Mm. um so it's more like hash it out until it's done like just stay in it until it's finished and figured out uh before you move on from it
0: is there an example you feel comfortable sharing of a a fight you maybe had recently or maybe even this this year um that where you had you had to do that and it, it came out the other end
2: um gosh i don't know uh i don't know that i can think of a specific example of one um
0: I get it. Y'all are perfect. And <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no,
2: no, not at all. But it's like, I think we like, we kind of, once we're through and we like, we like really bury them. Mm-hmm. We're like, we put them to rest. Uh, cause like, I feel like if I, if I was carrying around something like specific, then maybe I'm still annoyed about it, you know? And I don't want that to be, a, to be the case. Um, but you know, it's like typical couple stuff, like, oh hey, like you you know, you said this thing to this person and that like kinda irritated me because I thought we had worked this idea out or you scheduled some time with to do this and we actually have this scheduled and you mm-hmm. can't do both. So like let's figure let's figure out why you did that. Or like you need to cancel and I don't wanna be this person who's annoying and but let's figure it out. Sure, basically. Sure. Yeah. And you've been together how long? We've been together four and a half years.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And the the comedian comedian relationship is a is a type of relationship. It sure, seems they're just being with performers. Yeah, uh, some swear against it. I, I think Max, my friend Max Fox, had a joke once where he was just like, "Yeah, I'm done daying chicks with headshots." <laughs> that's, I was like, "That's perfect." Yeah, that's really funny. Um, and, and so y'all don't have you don't have the relationship uh, the type of situation where like you're dealing with conflicting schedules in terms of like night versus day. But yeah. y'all both comics and both you know are very well booked yeah uh and so you know how does that does this comedy get in the way at times
2: the comedy only gets in the way when we're both like insanely busy and we just can't get a moment to see each other Mm -hmm. and i think i think that maybe causes friction because
0: you live together though right we live
2: together yeah uh so i mean even still like sometimes there's some weeks where like i'm in she's out she's she's out i'm Mm -hmm. in she's in i'm out whatever uh And so the only friction I think that it causes is like we just want to hang out with each other, and we try to schedule like date nights when we can. um, In the middle of those runs of when we know we're just going to be like almost roommates instead of you know like Mm -hmm. engaged. Yeah. Uh, But that's like that's the biggest issue to me. We're really we really like we filled each other out in these ways where. Um. I'm very into like making sure that comedy doesn't overwhelm your ability to take care of yourself, because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like comedians have a tendency to let themselves fall apart emotionally, psychologically, and physically. Who me? What? No. <laughs> if they just and they'll be like, "No, nah, it's in the service of comedy," and
0: you're like, "I have to be fucked up."
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "This is so dangerous." Um, so I'm very good about being like, "We're scheduling, we're going to the movies, we're not thinking about comedy, we're gonna have burgers." That's what we're doing, mm-hmm. and Emily helped me in a way of like, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Write down a list, make a plan, go for it. Because um, she's amazing at that. Yeah, she's go get her. And I had like motivation issues stemming back to just being a
0: person who hated myself. Like professional, uh, yeah, professional motivation. Yeah, yeah, just like just like get it up and get going. Like here, this here's the here's a, here's these festivals. Like you should be submitting. Submit. Go put them in. Here's right. this packet. Yeah, you can do it.
2: Email a venue, get a show booked, mm. produce it, promote it, get it done, record it, film it, do the things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I'm sure she says easily because like she fucking does that all the time. She is a machine. <laughs>
2: it's incredible. Machine. It, yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but she does so much of it that sometimes it's like, I think, like I, like I said, I helped her out. Be like, take a breath. Let's do, let's relax and let's not like bang our head against the walls for comedy for like one second yeah. and see how that feels. And it, I, I think it really like helps you. Just like decompress out of it. Comedy's not going anywhere. One day,
0: you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Wh- so what was what was? How did y'all get together? Which drunken night at the creek uh, <laughs> made this relationship <laughs> happen? Uh, I, I just I wanted. I was really hoping to be able to vomit at a cute story. <laughs> yeah. <today. laughs> well, it was
2: we we well, Emily. I think kind of knew me in comedy before I I I kind of clocked her. Um, but she was doing a show called devour hour at hank saloon where every month they had a new free food item that they gave away to the audience if they came to the show and so they had had one i think it was empanadas the first one and so then i was like oh this is such a great idea for a show i was like you guys should do grilled cheese i think that'd be really fun and then we started talking on facebook mm. um back and forth and then one saturday morning i woke up to like a message from emily at that was like sent at like 3am that was like, Hey, do you want to come see my friend's punk show tomorrow? Uh, it's going to be really fun. And I was like, I think I'm just going to ask out on a date. Uh, did you ask,
0: is this a date or
2: no, I asked my roommate and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dum, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dum. Uh, so I couldn't, I had another thing that night. So I, but I met her after like at like 2am at a bar and it was so funny. Cause like I walked in and I was like, Hey, and like she had, a, she had a, friends in town and friends who were seeing that band. So there's like a bunch of people that she knew when I walked in and like, you could tell that they were like, Oh, this is the guy, you know, they were like, and I was like, I felt like on display you know. I was like, what the hell? Uh, so we had like a couple drinks and bullshitted there. And then we set up like a real for true date. Uh, we ran out to this place called Burnside in Bushwick where they have cheese curds. Emily went to Wisconsin. She loves fried cheese curds. Mm -hmm. And that was our first date. And that's what, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was very <laughs> cool. And like she had like a we had this thing where we had a bunch of stuff scheduled. Um she had friends. I had I had all these
0: uh after the first date. The
2: saying? first date. Oh. And we did like a really good thing of like just staying in touch with each other and making sure like, hey, I still wanna do this, I still and and that was really helpful because if you feel if you feel abandoned, you're kind of like, well, fuck it, on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did that thing, and we like we made sure to stay in touch. Hey, I really want to go on this another date with you. So then we saw the Duke together, and that was the second date. <laughs> oh, well, I'm surprised that didn't end. What uh, bad, bad movie? Uh, uh, no,
0: <laughs> no. I, I mean, that's a great point that the. I mean, I think it's more typically talked about. In terms of online dating, from the match to the first meet, yes, there's like there were studies done that say like the longer you wait from matching to meeting up, the less likely it is that you actually meet up.
2: That was me on those apps. Oh, really? Yeah, I was. Did, did you do the apps bunch? I did the apps. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. It's so funny now. I'm like, I have friends who are still on the apps, and I'm like, let me take a look at that. What's been going on? Because I have. It's so funny. Like once you get in the relationship, like I'm out of them. And I don't know what the innovations are anymore. And it's like so interesting. There's this whole thing happening, and I just don't
0: know anything about it. I mean, I was off Tinder for a year. I just re-downloaded it on Monday. Yeah. And like even now I'm kind of like, uh, how do I? I'm, li- I'm I've been I have a uh, chat group with some fans of the show. I'm like, I forgot how to do this. What do I say? Yeah. I'm like, how's does Yeah. This work? No, I don't envy you <laughs> at all. Uh, but-, but but like I I also tied the whole um want to stay in contact thing. Between the first and second day that there's like, oh, shit, just life happens. We've got events and stuff. Like, if a lot, so many times those things just poof away. And it's not because no one was into it. It was just like, oh, we didn't chat much in between. Yeah. Because some people are in texters. And so if you're not texters and you're not going to chat every day, I, that, you know, if you're gone, I'm going to be gone 10 days. I met someone Saturday night at a party and it was very clear mutually. We were like, oh, we definitely need to see each other after this. Yeah. And- I'm nervous like if we don't go out this weekend I leave on Wednesday for Oakland and I'll be gone five days and as soon as I get home I gotta go drive to do a gig in Kentucky and it's yeah like, that's another probably four days so it's like I really want to get at least the first that first meeting because I know yeah. if we have to wait two three weeks she might forget how fun I was or something, <laughs> sure you know?
2: but it was also like you're this is another person who exists in the world and they're gonna they're gonna keep tindering and meeting and and so like you're also like not just waiting on somebody like you're kind of also being inundated with other options so if you don't hear from somebody it's like out of sight out of mind man like you just move on uh but i was like very much like a prolonged like Let's keep texting in the app, like in app, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, not even switching to the number? Yeah. And it was just like, now looking back, I'm like, what a fucking moron.
0: Like, <laughs> you wasted so much battery keeping <laughs> your yeah, know You
2: wasted so much time and effort in coming up with like charming things to say of a person you don't really know that well. Uh, but from what I know now and from what I hear, it's just like. Boom, boom, boom! Get that first date.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that—that's I know my strategy. I think a lot. Of, hopefully, more people are are doing that. Or at minimum, I'm like from our very first chat interaction. If I don't leave that chat interaction with your number or a date, I'm probably not even interested. That's now, fair. I mean, and I'm gonna ask for it. But like, if you're like, oh no, I like the chat. In, I may or may not say it to him, but I'm just like, okay, that's fine. But I'm not gonna. I don't have because I don't have the bandwidth in the day. If I worked in an office, I'd probably be all about like, yeah, let's just chat for a while. I gotta kill time, but I'm just like, no, I got shit moving here. I've got things to do.
2: Yeah, even that is like, it's it is. It's energy expended. It's effort, Mm -hmm. and it's like it sounds silly, but it is. And like, if you can, we
0: all want to file people in the spots where
2: we prioritize them. Yeah, right. Especially
0: if like that chattiness involves like being funny, being witty. Like I got to keep that on now. I'm, right. Like I'm using literal creative energy. Yeah. So like I was seeing someone for a few months earlier this year who I just realized I was not in a place to be dating seriously. I, I was, you know, I was going some little libido issues, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the part of the reason I was, she was like, well, I still want to be friends. I'm like, one, I know you don't want to just be friends, so yeah, I don't think yeah, that's yeah. fair for yourself. And I've done that too, where someone told me they just want to be friends and in that desperation I'll latch on to it, be like, sure, I'll hang on and just be friends, even though I want so much You're more.
2: Like pining away.
0: It's yeah. the worst spot to be in. But on top of that, she's like, she's a she's a big chatty Kathy on the texting, which normally I really enjoy, but I can't give that to just To someone I'm not really being intimate with, because I'm like that's just it's creative energy. It's energy I can go elsewhere.
2: No, it saps you. I mean, especially if they're they just want to be friends. And I I think it's like, well, so like I think when guys say that, it's Mm -hmm. like, I think when anybody is just like, hey, great meeting you. Good, you're a good guy. You're a good woman. Not in the cards. Good luck. Yeah. And it's so much actually. It's actually nicer. Because you're not telling that person that they need to check up on you or like have uh, any ability to like have to care about your well being. I know that sounds cr- like cold, but it's like, it's really? We're we strangers technically, so just move it along. But like, if you're like, hey, I wanna be friends, and I think women have to do it sometimes just because a guy might be a maniac and just come after them or whatever, but it's so much sweeter to just cut it off. Yeah. Done.
0: We're all, we all know it's okay. Yeah. And, and with this woman in particular, I told her, I was like, look, it mean, I don't know. Part of, part of the reason why I said, I was like, I don't know if I'm not into you, or if I'm just not into anyone. Cause yeah. I was, uh, I, I was about like 15 pounds heavier. And, yeah. Uh, going through whatever's. And I told her, I was like, look, I could keep you along and we can keep hanging out and just call I could keep, y- using you for affection sure yeah, that's not fair to you like this is i need to cut this off not just for me but like i need to cut this off for you
2: right because like, <laughs> the worst thing to do is like give somebody that that little bit that little nugget of hope yeah like on in guy or girl if they if they assume that there's even a little bit of a chance still that's why it's not nice to to do that stuff is like Somebody will hang around because mm-hmm. they are very into you more than you're into them. And if you just let them do that and let them string hope along, the longer it goes along, the more excruciating the crush ends up, be- like the, the ending of it ends up being, even though it wasn't really that big of a thing. Right. But if you let that hope like grow into this monster and then when you're eventually you're like, yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not into you. Boom. It's almost like a breakup,
0: even though it shouldn't be. That was like all the time for me. I did you did you were you on that receiving end of the let's just be friends or Yeah. Not right now in my life, but like stay in it. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Um I was. That was the worst. Like the maybes are the worst. I think I think maybes in all regards suck. Like professionally and romantically, or on Facebook events. Yes, Maybes <laughs> suck, right? <laughs> but you know, oh, maybe, maybe we'll use you in this thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll come. Maybe I, it's just like, just tell me no. I don't want to hear maybe.
0: But yeah, there. Were, I had a, a couple like things you like that. you know what, say no, say probably not because even if it's a maybe, if you you can usually change your mind and go to a show that you invited to right. that you said no to, sure. And then when you show up, it's actually even better because it's a oh my god, you could make yeah, exactly, it. exactly. You know, oh
2: man, over deliver.
0: Yeah, Huge. or like or if you get texted by someone like out of the blue who like you went out on a couple dates with and didn't happen, and like three months later they're like, "Hey, do you want to go out again?" I was thinking about you. So I am the best thing oh, I could. What hear, a great right? feeling! It's way better than being kind of talking to you for three months. I'd right, not hear from you for three months and be surprised.
2: You're also probably com- over communicating to this person and then really bumming them out. Mm. You know, if you're like, "Oh, maybe there's a chance," and you're just like texting and you're just like like hammering it and they're like jesus christ i do not have time for this you just bum somebody out and then it's really gone oh man (laughs) (laughs) i think it's true but also i think it's fair for you if you're like i'm not in a place to date anybody you're saving a person from dealing with somebody who's not going to give them anything that they want
0: yeah i mean that's why i told this chick i was like "I, i can't give you what you need now and and again i was like I'm not. I know. I didn't say it's or long. I was like, I really don't know if it's you or if it's women right now in general. Yeah. But I was like, uh, you know, I can't. I can't, I can't you're basically. Give it to you. I can take from you. There's a lot I could take from her. But I was like, I can't give.
2: Right. Then that's. Right a, I mean, it sucks yeah. and it's responsible.
0: So, so what did you have a? Did you have a favorite app? Or something? I mean,
2: I only you're really used, used.
0: Or you're just a Tinder.
2: So I used OKCupid. Okay. And then I used tinder when it kind of first was coming around mm. but i think i think before anything else really hit i was gone mm. off of it like before hinge and bumble and whatever the other ones are you got saved uh yeah, yeah i was yeah, out I, of it i could
0: name Appsy right now you'd be like i've never heard of it i'm sure yeah <laughs> i
2: like i was i was off the only thing i ever had was tinder gotcha
0: uh gotcha. and it. the other so the other thing that's always really intrigued me about you is uh the the confidence use, and again this is all coming from like my observational point of view (laughs) view. um it's not like we have spent like this like uh inordinate amount of time together it you seem so confident about who you are just as a person like i hope it's okay i'm saying like you're like a stocky burly type of guy like you know i i'm like how i have all of my fucking body issues yeah gone through what i go through and every day is like you know oh not enough but i'm just like he just seems, you just seem so happy who you are. Oh, that- and and if it's fake, you're doing great. <laughs> if not, I want to know your secret. That's very kind of you to say. And it. you're with someone who I think, all who emits a similar energy. Like Emily seems to like love who she is and what she does. And you yeah. both seem to have this like, I feel like if I were to try to have gone on a date with either of you, it would have been like a, hey, you can take this or leave it type of attitude. <laughs> and I love that
2: i uh it's very nice of you i mean i i have my i have my i have a ton of body issues um but i think i think growing up like getting into my 30s just literally getting into my 30s helped a lot yeah, how so because C- just... i got
0: 30 in two weeks
2: oh cool, cool <laughs> congrats it's great no it's awesome i know it's scary it scared the shit out of me when it was coming up yeah. but the cool thing is you start to just prioritize what you care about and like you stop caring so much about what everybody thinks and other things uh you never really fully stop but i think i started to not care i started to like be the person i wanted to be i started like being able to project the kind of person that i want to be out into the world more than just be it you know and um i was happy i'm happy doing comedy i try to keep this this perspective in the world of like i could be like i could be you know I could, ha- I could be somebody on the street who doesn't have a support system in place and and as many problems as I have now, that would be, like, it's something that I do not have to worry about. Um, uh, but I also, like, I lost a bunch of weight this year and that has helped a lot. Um, I don't know, man. It's so funny because, like, you say that and then, like, I go home and be like, I'm a failure and I I'll be like... Emily, i am be like, do you think I'm a big fat idiot? And she's like, shut up. And I'm like, I still have those things, you know, right. but I think more and more, more than I ever had in my life, I just feel like good. Yeah. And, and like I said, I try to project that out into the world. I literally like try to keep my shoulders straight and not slump if I can help it and do the things that make people assume that I have my shit together.
0: So when you, when you were <laughs> on the apps and dating or, or yeah. whatever, by the way, did you, were you ever like a hookup guy or were you like really more of a dater? uh probably like somewhere in between okay yeah so did you would you say you were like more like i don't want to say faking but like projecting the convents more than you had it or well
2: i was still i think i was still dealing with a little bit of uh i still had a little bit of that self-loathing in me that oh nobody would want to be with me so um would you get where you get matches yeah, I was getting some matches. I feel like you had a great bio. <laughs> I don't even God, oh, what a nightmare that is to write. I think I was still like over ta- I was just over talking. Uh-huh. Uh, that's like I mentioned before. And so um I was basically like better in person than I could be on those apps. Were you afraid to ask Scout? Were you afraid yeah, to, move I to I think I was. I think I was like, I was like, how do I, how do I get to level two? <laughs> you know, and I, I just o- would over communicate Things just petered out. And I went on some dates, obviously, yeah. but uh, but it took me a while to, like, get there. Mm. And um, I realize that now. These are things that I, like, I, I'm assessing in hindsight. I know, like, what all the issues were. Sure. And I think I was just nervous of being rejected. Gotcha. Uh, and I hate, because it's uh, the worst feeling. Well, I mean,
0: speaking of rejection, you, you know, you, pro- when you, did you propose to Emily? Or... Yeah, okay, I did. So, I mean, that's the opportunity for the the biggest, scariest of rejections.
2: I right, like. right. But not really tell me i mean it was so interesting because i emily and i had talked about the marriage thing and we actually had a we had a couple of of fights about about when we're getting married um but her instigating well like a little bit of like not instigating so much as like having a conversation that would be like you ever just go like emily when are you putting a ring on this (laughs) no i would never (laughs) but i would be like yes i'm gonna do it and then it was i think it was just a feeling
0: of like Wait, so y'all had basically agreed to get married, but she was just waiting for you to come up with an interesting proposal. Not really. It was you, more just you were like, like, oh yeah, I'll do it. Not interesting, point. but
2: like, and I don't want to be like, I'll do it, I'll do it. But I was like, I was like, I have the thing. I know what I'm doing. Um, just like, trust me, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, she wasn't like we're better fucking nail
0: it. Well, just the idea of like if you both because I know it is weird. It's it, weird. It's a weird thing for me when two people know that they're gonna get married and it's literally a matter of like. So when are you gonna do the proposal? Yeah, because we're already both agreeing to get married.
2: Yeah, I know, I know, but like we were of course, like we of course were like in that place where we we knew the other person was like the person. Yeah, but uh yeah i i don't know it is weird i agree i think i think on the outside i would have felt like you but in it it made sense
0: well so then what was the thing that what was the plan what did you end up doing so i
2: got i found a ring for her that her friend said that she had uh seen on etsy many years ago and i found the jeweler and ordered it and then we went to a place called long island bar um on atlantic and I called them before and asked them to reserve a table and have f- fried cheese curds and champagne out on the table when we got there. And I had the ring, and we got there, and I uh, popped down on one knee, or as soon as we got to the table. And some guys – so it was so funny. There was, like, some frat guys, like, kind of, like, at the bar, and they, were, they saw me go down on one knee, and they are like, oh, shit. They were like, world star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. And then it's kind of like a blank. Yeah. like – everything emotions were just like flying high like i said nice things i'm sure i don't know (laughs) you don't remember i dude i'm telling you adrenaline was flying and then emily doesn't even remember what i said stop it i swear it was like it was this high intensity moment and then because she barely even said yes she was like uh (laughs) um and then we just like stuffed food and champagne in her face yeah that's
0: great yeah yeah it was crazy how's the planning going
2: Great, we're getting married in
0: like forty four days. Oh, oh shit! It's like soon. Yeah, in oh. July. Yeah, uh, wait, where we're at in the Catskills. Catskills. Any particular reason?
2: We found a venue that we fell in love with, okay. and they were like, "We have July open because somebody, somebody's marriage probably
0: Thank engagement God. blew apart. <laughs>
2: Thank
0: God, another relationship ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. And we
2: were like, "We'll take it." Uh, so then we were like, "Oh shoot, we have to plan a wedding in seven months."
0: Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So we did that. Well, dude, man, I'm happy for you, Thank man. You like very you two much. are a a couple that I uh, put up on a pedestal. Oh, that's very uh, nice. You, you two are both great, hilarious. Um, do you have like maybe 10, 20 minutes to do a little bonus episode for the Patreon? Sure, let's do it. All right, cool, man. Well, um, for now, where can people find you?
2: Uh, people can find me uh, at chriscaligero. and on all the social stuff at real chris cal.
0: Awesome. Um, Well, why don't you say goodbye to everybody, man? Bye, everybody. Again, go check out Chris Calagero on the internet. He's great on Twitter. Uh, He actually also has his own podcast called Morning Coffee, but spelled morning M-O-U-R-N, because it's a uh, podcast about grief and loss and death. Not the sexiest of topics, but it might be something you're really into, uh, and you know you probably fell in love with him during this conversation, so you probably want to hear him some more. You can hear some more of him on that po- on his podcast. You can also hear more of him tomorrow in a bonus episode coming out on Patreon at the five dollar level to get access to that, as well as over a hundred other bonus episodes. Go to patreoncom Uh You get access to all those bonus shows at five dollars a month or more. And again, you can hear uh, the Yelena Alexic bonus episode for free at the very same uh, URL, patreon.com slash Podcast. Of course, you can follow me on The Places. Uh, I love hearing what you thought about this week's shows. You can tweet at me at use or you can make a comment on the Man Podcast Facebook fan page. And if you want to say something longer, if you got a comment, a question, a titty picture, you can send that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. I know I've been saying this a little bit, but, like, I'm back on Instagram. Reward me for coming back to Instagram and go follow at BillyIsPresida. You could do it right now from your phone. You can just hit the home button while I'm still talking to you now in your ears. And you can open that Instagram app and you can hit the little Magnifying glass and then you, you tap tappity tap the Billy is Proed and you hit the follow button and then you come back to your podcast app and look, I'm still talking. You could have done it by now. at Billy is Procida. I'm going heavy on the stories. and I really want to meet y'all here in New York City in August at Manhorcon presented by Motor Bunny. Go to slash weekend to get your uh, weekend passes today. Next week we have got um, right now he's probably like the hottest camboy, not just like in his looks, but in his uh, in his in his uh, ratings. Ratings isn't the right word. Look, he's a sought after camboy, Johnny Stone. This kid, I am so impressed by him. Look, I will I'll suck him off using my words next week because um, I was so impressed talking to that guy at AVN. We'll talk more about Johnny Stone next week when I try to deal with being 30. But until then, everybody, stay slutty.